Revenge is a weapon. I sometimes wonder if I am controlling it, or if it's controlling me. It's time again for another double XP weekend. How are you all? How was your week? Our Monday's off now, so I'm looking forward to a lot of gaming, which I've got to catch up on. But not before we catch up on some Final Fantasy 16 coverage. Um, so they released a bit of gameplay for people to sink their teeth into. I think some people were lucky enough to actually get to play it. But it was mostly just for us to watch. And that's where things get interesting because... If you're like me and a long-term fan of Final Fantasy, you've seen the series change so much. So we're going to be talking a bit about that today. Uh, but firstly, um, thank you to everyone who's been leaving five-star reviews, dropping follows, that kind of stuff, sending in emails to doublexpweekendpodcast at gmail.com to let me know what you've been playing. I love um, hearing from you guys, so appreciate all of that. Okay, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16. The big talking point, I think, is the new redesigned combat system, which long ago, maybe not so long ago, Final Fantasy was better known for being a turn-based combat, and... As the years have gone on, they've started progressed towards more of an action style. Um, they've dabbled in some other things. Um, I can't remember what game it was. Was it maybe 13? Maybe even it was 15 recently where they mixed a bit of turn-based with action. Then in the MMO, which proved to be quite popular. Um, they still had cooldowns and stuff, but... I think that made it feel like it was a bit turn-based, but it wasn't exactly turn-based. And then from what we're seeing with the new gameplay, it's very much not turn-based. It's head into action. The combat director, um, can't remember his name for the life of me, but he comes from Capcom. He worked on a lot of their Capcom fighting games like Capcom vs. Marvel, etc. And more importantly, Devil May Cry, I think 5. And if you look at the combat, the very first impression I got was Devil May Cry. A lot of people who have played it are saying it's similar to Bayonetta. I did not play Bayonetta. It just wasn't one of my games. So it's a very big change to the turn-based very slow methodical having to think take your time style of gameplay and as an old head i hated that idea originally i was heading into this 
little period of research with the most negative mindset thinking I am going to rip into this game and the more I've researched the more I've started coming around less old man shaking his fist at a cloud type of vibe if you've seen the trailer or any of the gameplay even if you reference 15 which came out a few years ago that was still visually stunning but different game but uh, the point I'm getting at is these games cannot be cheap to make and the reality of it is is people don't gravitate towards turn-based combat anymore um, they want something a little faster paced a bit engaging um, I think they might have seen the success of the Souls games. You could see a hint of that, um, possibly inspiring inspiring how they've done things. Uh, I've not played the Souls games. I know I get far too angry for that, but I'm going to take a punt on Final Fantasy. If that is what the combat style is like, I'm just going to have to suck it up for the sake of playing through the series once again. But yeah, to touch again, turn-based action isn't going to bring in a new crowd. They need a new crowd to recoup the money that they're spending, which is fair enough. Um, I guess a lot of games would be doing that. Uh, it's costing more and more to deliver these high-end graphics and performance. And yeah, you've got to recoup that money somewhere. That's why we also start seeing... Um, lots of bits of DLC that cost money, microtransactions, uh, especially on the cosmetic side of things. It's just the way of the world. And for a long-term fan like me, it does get a bit hard to digest the fact that there is so much change and it is such a drastic change. But if I can liken it to my own experience is that... Um, what they've found is people played Final Fantasy VII Remake, enjoyed it so much that they thought, I'm going to go and uh, retroactively play through the previous installments. And they've gone back to whether it be a different game or the original Final Fantasy VII, and they just did not enjoy it. And the way I'm likening it to my own experience is my first Final Fantasy was... It was either 7 or 8, I can't remember which order I played it in. Um, and then I eventually played 10 because it was around about when 10 came out and I loved it so much. When I finished it, I said, I'm going to go back and play the old ones. And I played either 1 or 2 and I was like, wow, this sucks. Um, to be fair, I did eventually come around to playing it. I think I played it on like Game Boy on the bus rides to work and stuff eventually like i did enjoy it more than i thought but my first impressions were wow i do not enjoy this whatsoever so today's generation you could say they're probably doing the same thing um they're playing the current games going back not enjoying it so they need to focus on the new demographic you could say pleasing them um also, it is a huge. Um, it is huge how big content creation plays in things now. They've said they want this to be a game that people can stream and make YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. Which 
is kind of like a free platform of advertising because when your big um, content creators play it, their fans think, oh, wow, this looks good. I'm going to buy it. So hand in hand, it's all one big business plan. Um, obviously, they care about the product they're putting out. So it's not a money grab if that's the impression I'm giving. Some of, some of the changes they've made, um, they've... By the looks of it, they've got like grading for like levels and boss fights and stuff like that. They want to have leaderboards so you can complete a level, see where you rank in the world compared to other players, which is quite different. It's a very arcadey type thing. Um, seems very Capcom like, if you ask me. There's going to be like a ultimatum mode, I think they called it, which is harder than the hardest difficulty, which is again gravitating towards that whole soul scene where um people love watching content creators just achieve incredible stuff on the hardest difficulty or the pain of going through the stress of that at the same time i couldn't see if there was much to do with gearing and stuff in the playthroughs uh i didn't see anything to do with armor stuff i think Obviously, you're going to have something to do with weapons, um, being a combat-based games. But yeah, not so much on the customization things of things. But um, as I'll touch on when I talk about the story, it's only just dawning on me like now that the intention of these play hands-on plays was to advertise the new combat system rather than the story. But I'll talk about that a bit more in a bit. Um, but there are a concession that they've made. They've, I guess it's an accessibility option. They've got these things called rings that you can add to cater more to the more traditional fans of the series. Um, these rings, they're essentially assistances within the game. Uh, the examples that they had, there's a ring that will auto dodge. There's a ring that will do single button commands for big combo inputs like you would just press square and it would do a long complex um battle thingy majiggy i guess you could say uh so it, there are things there to make it easier um and i think one that will be handy for newer and older fans of the game uh they've got one that will manage your companion because you don't control other players in your group, um, your squad, your team, so to speak. But you do have a dog, and I think he has um, some AI capabilities, such as like you can set him to be tanky, or you can set him to be attacking, or just healing, that type of stuff. But yeah, there's an assistance that manages him, which if I'm thinking ahead, I will probably make use of, because I can't be bothered dealing with that if I'm going to be just focusing on one player anyway speaking of one player the protagonist his name is clive final fantasy just love real strange old-fashioned names like everyone knows sid if you're a final fantasy um fan um i just had a laugh at that um he is i think what they call a dominant in the game these dominants are people who can control 
the icons the icons spelt with an e and a k and stuff like that because why else why would you want to spell it normally um, these are your summons um aeons espers uh can't remember some of the older names that they've used in previous games but yeah ifrit and the gang are back um it was weird because you flick between the summons um in in combat but it's like you're just using abilities from them but then there was another scene where i think you control they were controlling ifrit in a fight against garuda and you're controlling like this big Godzilla type character. It looks pretty cool. Um, apparently one of those boss fights. To scale, there is a icon that you fight that is 120 meters tall. So as someone who played a lot of Shadow of Colossus back in high school, uh, I'm excited to jump into that if I'm being quite honest. As for the storyline itself... You don't really capture a lot, um, which is what I was touching on earlier about the game was more geared towards showing off their new combat system where I was watching through this and I'm like, the storyline I could pick up is heavily political, which is um, similar to what they tried in 15, I think. It was very serious. Everyone is so angry when you're used to the Final Fantasy storylines being very emotional a lot of real soppy shit i guess you could say which come to be a part of the storyline like it was part of the appeal of the storytelling that they become known for very serious uh but also towing the lines of days of our life drama shit but yeah it looks like they're going for a much darker tone here which might have upset a few people would upset me a little bit because one thing you can always rely on with final fantasy is no matter what they're doing with the game mechanic itself the storyline was always safe to fall back on like more often than not you could play through the game um even if it was a bit lackluster you could still manage to get through it because the story was engaging and you want to know what happens you want to know how it plays out I'm not saying this isn't going to be the case with the new one. It was the impression I got before knocking myself on the head and thinking, yeah, they want to show off all the fighting, all that fun new stuff. They're not really going to show off the storyline at the same time because then it becomes quite overwhelming because what we already have is quite overwhelming, especially with all the changes all the fast-paced action, all the giant numbers flying all over the screen. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, the same developers who took over from Heavensward on the MMO, I did play a decent amount of Final Fantasy fourteen. I think it is. So many fucking numbers, hard to keep up, what's what. So, I'll just keep referring it to it as Final Fantasy Online simplicity's sake so yeah i did play a bit of it i didn't play heaven's world though um purely because they got to a point in the game between main game and dlc you had to do like 75 fetch quests which i could not be fucked so i just 
started a new character, I guess, and played through everything again. Uh, but apparently, you could feel their influence on the game. Um, I think it's the same composer as well. Uh, the world building is there, like, they're very good for having the world in place, it's such a vast world. And then just building on top of it, adding quests into it, um, and just, yeah, layering it, layering it, layering it. But that being said, the game, it doesn't have open world, which is quite strange. It's something we've all come to love from um, the CERN RPG series, even more so with Final Fantasy Online, because you could go out, journey into the open, do whatever you want. This one's kind of a bit more linear, which is a bit of a strange decision, but it's obviously what they're trying to do. They're trying to make that action. Um, very exciting gameplay. Um, but yeah, I've pretty much touched on why they're making the changes. Uh, the more prominent changes that we could see, there's not much I can really say without starting to double on things and go around in circles visually the game looks amazing it it's very dark i don't know if that's intentional or just um a part of the i guess stage of the game they're at like um the gameplay thing was only one or two hours so it's obviously obviously just a small sample size so i can't say whether the rest of the game is going to be physically very dark um yeah so we're waiting to find out more about the story i'm sure we'll have that i'm hoping they release some sort of demo whether it's a similar thing a hands-on demo or like a prequel to the game um i'll be keen to jump into that but my main takeaway from all of this is that while i was excited to have another final fantasy story i wasn't so sure about the new direction in regards to combat and um, level building, stuff like that. Um, after reading, watching, listening, that type of stuff, I've kind of adopted the opposite mentality where I'm not too sure how this storyline's going to go, especially with the heavily political stuff. I find it hard to just sit there through cutscenes when they're talking about this shit. Um, but the combat... It's kind of getting me excited. I was a big fan of Devil May Cry. The Souls games look awesome, but I just don't have the mental fortitude to take them on. So if this is like a uh, like a Souls game for dummies, I'll, I'll be very keen for that. So I think it's like the most polarizing swing I've had about a game. Like being so negative about what I've seen doing research because um, I've started this pod and I actually need to read some stuff before I talk about it and being so keen that this might be one of my most anticipated games for the year so I'm very pleasantly surprised I'm happy to eat my own words I know for a fact I'm very quick to jump into an impression when I see something the whole first impressions um last forever thing doesn't sit with me i will chop and change there's a fair chance i'll play this game after being so excited and be like fuck this is shit bring me back my turn-based combat um take me back to my roots but yes uh 
you have to be more open-minded. You can't have 16 main titles of a game and keep delivering the same thing. Uh, everyone who's played FIFA knows that. Um, changes, people complain, stay the same, people complain. You won't make everyone happy. So they've got a business plan. They have an art direction. I've got full faith in them to deliver. Um, yep, starting to waffle on now. So let's have a peek at some news, I think. So apparently there's news that Elder Scrolls 6 might not just be an Xbox exclusive. Um, so Xbox acquired or Microsoft acquired ZeniMax Media, which is the parent of Bethesda. Uh, there was a lot of umming and ahhing about whether their future titles be PlayStation, well, Xbox exclusive and available on PlayStation. Uh, reading this, Starfield was confirmed as an Xbox exclusive, which I'm absolutely gutted because I'm so excited for that game. Um, I'm assuming, praying, hoping that it's going to be on PC anyway. But yeah, there's a lot of speculation over the next Elder Scrolls 6, but apparently someone's dug through all the separate clauses of the deal and they've found... Um, a little section that says titles such as Elder Scrolls 6, which is not expected to be released before X, with the last installment in the series released in 2011, as well as other future titles, will not involve Microsoft foregoing its, I think it's an agreement here for US per annum of revenue from PlayStation customers or disenfranchising X million money from on PlayStation. So I think what they're trying to say here is uh, established franchises or series that already are on um, the other platform being PlayStation, they're going to continue honoring that, which was also a big talk about Call of Duty, whether they thought that was going to be made Xbox slash Microsoft exclusive. So we'll see what happens. I can't see them pulling that revenue stream away though, because with their bigger titles, the more people playing it is the more money for the Bethesda machine. Speaking of Bethesda and Starfield, they've confirmed the release date. It is September 6th. So it was meant to be the first half of this year, but now it's going to be later in the year. They've not given a reason for the delay, but the happy thing I'm seeing here is that, yes, it will be on PC. As I just mentioned, I did not know it was going to be Microsoft exclusive. But yes, it will be on PC and Xbox. While we're talking about new releases, uh, out of nowhere, a new AFL game just got announced, which I am very excited for. The screen grabs look like something from 2014, which you have to accept. Uh, I think it's Big Ant Studios making it now, um, taking over from Wicked Witch. They do not have massive budgets. They only sell probably 98% of their sales come within Australia. So it's not a huge market to tap into. But I'll, I, I talk about that in another episode, I guess. Like we could talk about AFL games and stuff. But yes, I just want an AFL game. I'm a big fan of almost shadow drops of games where we knew a game was being worked on. We knew it was going to take a while because that's just the nature of these games. But... Out of nowhere, they've released um, a trailer, a release date, 
less than a month from now, I believe. Maybe a month from now, but yes, in April. So very, very close. Very excited. I'm keen to see what kind of modes it has going for it. I think if they were to tap into some sort of ultimate team type of mode, that would be a way for them to generate revenue for better titles in future. But uh, that's a story for another time. And to cap it off, um, Take-Two, who is the Rockstar Games' uh, parent company, they're apparently going through some changes where they're laying off a number of staff, which you do not like to see whatsoever. Um, so Take-Two uh, is the parent company of Rockstar Games. Everyone knows Rockstar Games, obviously, from Grand Theft Auto, but also uh, games like Red Dead, uh, Borderlands, Bioshock, whatever. But, yep. Yeah. Laying off staff, which I don't know what this means for the um, prospective release of GTA 6. Um, I don't know if it's related to the leaks that we had uh, the back end of last year. But more and more um, companies in the gaming industry, not specifically development or whatever, but yeah, more and more jobs seem to be falling by the wayside which is not good to see in any case um i don't think they've given much of a reason why they're doing this um they said video game publisher take two is laying people off today in its private division label and other divisions sources will tell sources tell bloomberg spokesperson alan lewis says the cuts will better align our organization with our long-term priorities what that means, I don't know. Maybe long-term priority is to keep their leaks under wrap. Um, the potential leaks had a lot of people talking. Uh, I would consider a bit of free advertising, to be honest, because everyone was so hyped for some GTA 6 news. They were starving for GTA 6 news. Like, there's still so little known about the game. People just want a new GTA Rightly so, hugely popular game, story for another time, but I think that will wrap us up today. We chatted about Final Fantasy 16, why it's making changes. Uh, in my eyes, a change can be good, so it remains to be seen how that plays out. Um, thank you for hanging out today. Uh, always one of my favourite parts of the week is when I get to sit down and record this and just chat shit about games. We'll look at getting some more people on the show in the near future so we can have some longer chats about games and have another voice on here rather than you listening to me waffle on on my own all the time. Not that I don't enjoy it. Um, if you are still hanging around, feel free drop a five-star review, whether you're on Apple or on Spotify. They're the only two platforms I'm on at this current time. Uh, email me double xp weekend podcast at gmail.com let me know what you've been playing the general consensus is that people are like me still playing through hogwarts i'm very close to getting that game platinum and then i can finally move on which would be a huge relief not that i'm not enjoying the game is that i have my eye on a few other things to play and i'm excited to sink my teeth into them a lot of people have been getting into Destiny 2 Lightfall as well, which is starting to pique my interest. I, I've only very briefly dabbled in Destiny 2, but 
I'm not sure I'm ready for that. Um, lifelong commitment, but it is definitely piquing my curiosity. All right, let's wrap it up. That'll be all for this week. Look after yourselves, enjoy your games, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.